want to beat the burnout and find out what it really takes to boost your mojo, welcome to the Mojo Show. Join Kyle Hargreaves and David Elko, a couple of guys that used to be fit, then got fat, but managed to get fit again. They're on a mission to cut through all of the BS from the world of health, fitness and self-help and share their knowledge and experience as coaches to help you consistently look good, feel great and be at your best. He's going to wait. There we go. We're being, we are recording. We're live. Yes, we are. All right, guys. Welcome to the Mojo Show. So, Kyle, what did you want to talk about today? Oh, uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> we've tried i've probably tried so many times to get on this call i've actually forgot <laughs> Some, something about diets that you can stick to um probably post christmas and yeah okay so yeah i was gonna say given that it's new year um happy new year everybody who's listening um it's that time of year again where lots of people start their new harsh post christmas diet and gym routine with lots of enthusiasm, and then two weeks later, they've given up. So I thought maybe it'd be a good idea to talk about some actual practical, realistic, sustainable ideas of things that we could do to kickstart our New Year goals and, you know, burn off the the, the Xmas turkey and whatever else that people want to do this time of year, but actually make it something that's that's going to work for them instead of becoming another one of those resolutions that falls flat on its face straight off the bat. Because I think that's one of the problems with the word resolution these days. It's almost like we expect them to fail. It's kind of like everybody knows that, oh, resolution is one of those things you do in January and by the end of January, it's all been forgotten about. So I thought maybe it would be a good place, given the time of year and it's something that's relevant, it would be a good thing for us to talk about. I like it. That sounds good. Um, no, right. Okay. So let's 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 talk about it then. All right. So I'm 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 client uh, Dave. Um, Hi I've Dave. On, <laughs> I've put on nine billion pounds of lard um, over Christmas and New Year. Um, and stop being so bad, Dave. No, no, I actually haven't. Weirdly, went went to the scales and both me and the wife have. Uh, we we were checking for our, our weekly weigh-ins and things like that, and like some measurements and bits. And no, neither of us. We haven't lost, but we haven't actually gained either. Uh, nice. <laughs> I don't, mate. Honestly, based on what we've consumed and the amount of alcohol, we we were like, how has that happened? Do you know what? I'm just going with it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. So my name's Dave. Um, I've eaten four million chunks of turkey, um, Christmas pudding, mince pies, um. I put on four million pound, and I want to lose it all by next week, please. Okay, great. Why? Why do you <laughs> want to lose it all by next week? Because <laughs> uh, it makes me miserable and unhappy, and I don't like the way I look. Yeah, and it affects certain performance in certain areas of my life. Sorry, my daughter's decided to walk in through the middle of the call and walk through. So I've <laughs> got, oh, got to keep it clean. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, she can't hear you, so. <laughs> How loud can I shout down a microphone? You're you're on headphones, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. that's the common thing, isn't it, right? It tends to be, for a lot of people, it tends to be the post-Christmas thing, isn't it? Because, you know what? We, we kind of let our hair down a little bit in December. Um, lots of parties, lots of food. For a lot of people, lots of booze. 
you know, it's the time of year where we want to celebrate, let her have it, hair down a little bit and enjoy ourselves. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And it's only through the fact that afterwards we feel like crap and there's, and there's lots of guilt involved that we, we've, we get caught in this right new year, new me nonsense and whatever else. So let's start off from a, like, a practical perspective, okay? You're, so you've gained some weight over Christmas. What what was your routine like before Christmas? Did what changed? Did anything change? Um, before Christmas, um, none of it. Well, over Christmas things changed. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was office parties, there was family parties. So yeah, there was there was changes in the routine. You know, they're not normally there. They're just there at this time of year. Okay, but it's normal, right? I think that yeah. happens for a lot of people, but yeah. not everybody though, because um, yeah. a lot of people they, they, they don't necessarily have a routine that where they prioritise their exercise or their health or their diet. They prioritise a lot of things like work and stress, normal stress of normal life. So there's usually there's, there's usually two kinds of people this time of year, and I'm, I'm, I'm obviously grossly overgeneralising, but you've got the people that were in a pretty, for lack of a better description, healthy routine before Christmas, and they've just let their head out a little bit, and they want to get back into the swing of things. Yeah. And you've got the people that weren't in a particularly healthy routine before Christmas, um, still needed to let their hair down, and still over-indulged, in, and they've hit the new year, new me um, mindset, and 2020 is going to be their year, and they're going to turn it all around. So I think it's kind of important to establish which side of the fence that you're on in that respect. If you're yeah. if you're if you're somebody that's already got relatively good foundation and a good base, it's going to be a lot easier for you to get back into some sort of routine. Yeah, for sure. Because you just simply start it again. You just literally pick up from where you left off. So and this, yeah, there, there might be a little bit of resistance initially because. Your, your body's going to be craving more sugar or whatever else and you've had more lay-ins and you've had a bit of fun so there might be a bit of initial resistance but generally speaking people on that side of the fence they're not going to have too many problems getting back into their pre-Christmas routine so the people that are more likely to struggle are the people that didn't have a pre-Christmas routine. And these are the people that usually go in guns blazing with all the best intentions in the world, but burn out very quickly. Yeah. Because let's face it, a lot of what we're taught we're supposed to do, and we've spoken about this a lot of, a lot of times already, but it's not particularly fun. It's not particularly enjoyable. It adds a lot of stress. Uh, it can be overcomplicated. Um, it just turns out just it just ends up making life more stressful and miserable than it needs to be. So quite often those people then they run out of energy and they get fed up very quickly. They realise they don't like it or they they're they're struggling or they're suffering more to the point to try and get to where they want to be. And it comes back to that uh, avoid pain and seek pleasure thing, doesn't it? And then we're all all of a sudden we're back into that old routine because the old routine isn't familiar and we, we all know that familiar is safe so we always go back to what we know 
so this is where we need to think about the simple, sustainable and satisfying steps for creating some sort of lasting change. Instead of going in guns blazing with these complicated exercise routines or, jo- or, or joining a new gym and spending trying to spend two hours there or night or going on a complete um, restriction food-wise or something that, that's going to really suck, it's better to start with some small steps that are much simpler, much less stressful, yeah, a little bit more enjoyable, less yeah, restrictive. Yeah. And a little bit easier to implement. So let's look at a couple of little bits. It, so, for example, first one is when you're looking at food, because food's always a good place to start. Instead of restricting yourself and, and coming up with a really complicated diet, there's two things you can do. You can either start adding more whole foods, so like more more vegetables, more lean sources of protein, lean meats, or if you're vegetarian or vegan. You can look at your um, your better protein sources, so things like tofu or um, your little, your lentils and pulses, your nuts and seeds or whatever, right? But basically, trying to incorporate more whole foods into your diet. So, but that that's not restricting yourself from having foods that you like. You're just trying to incorporate more of the stuff that's on the better side of the continuum. So that's one yeah. thing. The other thing as well is, is is where you can make time to eat more slowly. Yeah. Because when you eat very quickly, you tend to find I, mean, I was I was a nightmare for this, and I still can be. I'll put my hands up. I can do it sometimes. Just inhaling food, and it's gone. And then, but your appetite doesn't have a chance to catch up. Your body signals don't have a chance to catch up, and which is why you can eat more when you eat quickly than you can when you eat slowly. Yeah. So if you can slow yourself down, uh, one, you enjoy your food more. And two, you can actually start paying more attention to your body signals and you'll, and you'll start to feel full earlier. So you might not, so you, you'll tend to find that you might not necessarily eat as much as you do when you eat, when you're stressed and when you're trying to scoff it down as quickly as you can. So that's a couple of that's that's a really simple place to start when it comes to food. More whole foods, eat more slowly. Yeah, I mean they're, they're really simple tips. And one of the things like the the whole eating slowly stuff when when you actually do do it and you do it consistently um, over time. I don't know about you, but I've, one thing I noticed is like because I was terrible for it as well, and uh, myself and my wife we've done bits like that recently. And you, you start to naturally have smaller portions because you are more in touch with the body saying I'm full. You know, yeah. and you go, oh, actually, I don't need that much on my plate. And it's like, and it's like you're saying, and when you do that consistently over time, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've lost weight. Well, because you've dropped like a few hundred calories a day, you know, without even trying that much. Yes, the law of thermodynamics will always win. Yeah, yeah. It's, and that's, that's something as well. It's like, look, calories in, calories out, it does work. Like you say, it is law of thermodynamics, but it's about how do you then take that principle and modify it with the behaviours. Yeah, and in, and like you said, simple, sustainable. And what was the other one, Kyle? Because for some reason, Sat- I'm blank. Satisfying. Satisfying. <laughs> simple, sustain, sustainable, and satisfying. Kyle, you either sound like an advert for Marks and Spencers, you know, or porn. I'm unsure which one. <laughs> 
Well, I can't take credit for the three S's. I did borrow them from someone else. But, um, yeah, but... I know who you borrowed them from because I believe you helped him out with his portion sizing and stuff, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, shout out to Mr. Whitehand on the off <laughs> chance that he's listening. Yeah, so, you know, credit where credit's due. I can't pass his words off as my own, but they are. They are. That is a good little formula to live by, and I do incorporate it with uh, mate, myself was... and my own clients. It was a golden post, like, and I saw it, and I was like, actually, that's really good. Just, just like this whole thing about like moving for ten minutes as well. That is, and I've been doing it, and it's, it's just, yeah, it is. It works. You can't knock it. You know, there's no set routine, and I like his post about it and saying like, oh, I've got three kids. It's like just move for ten minutes a day. It doesn't matter what it is, just, just move. You know, and I think that, like that probably be something we'll come on to in a minute about the exercise side. Or even yeah. the girl. I've just that was going to be the next. Just, that was going to be the next thing. Yeah. Just move. That's it. Just pick, move. Again, something simple, sustainable, and satisfying, and just do it for ten minutes a day. It doesn't have to be a huge amount in like these two, like you say, these two-hour grueling workouts. You know, if you're if you're coming from nothing, ten minutes a day is going to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. We've spoken about the neat principle before, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, just for those that are not familiar with that. Um, Oh, actually, before I go on to that, Dave, are you humping your microphone again? Because there's a lot of scratching. Uh, oh, sorry, I wasn't holding it properly and I was letting it like, hang off my shirt and it was obviously moving around. I apologise. That's what she said. <clears throat> anyway. That's <laughs> how uh, so we ended up with four kids. Uh, <laughs> in a minute, you're going to hear a loud thud and that's when something comes flying across the room from my wife's direction. <laughs> It might even be like the computer monitor just coming at my head. <laughs> Dave, what's happened to the call? Yeah. <laughs> the computer's uh, been ripped out of the wall. Yeah. And I've been beaten to death with it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, simple. Right, exercise. There we go. Done. In a nutshell. Knee, <laughs> knee principle. Was it um, yeah. non-exercise activity for thermogenesis? Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Did I say yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Uh, so basically, it's... Just moving more, whether that's just walking or where it's climbing the stairs, if you're walking around, if like getting up from your, if you're at work, just getting up from your desk and just having a little walk around when you can, or yeah. going for a walk at lunchtime, walking to and from the station, whatever it is, anything just to start getting your activity up a little bit, just generally. Yeah. Um, and obviously you can add more structured exercise into that if you want to, if you want to start doing stuff. There's plenty you can do, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's playing your favourite sport, whether it's playing with the kids, whether it's just doing a little bodyweight routine at home. But like you say, you don't have to be doing it for hours and hours. If you're already at the point where you're at zero, then a 10-minute-a-day improvement is going to be an improvement. Yeah. You know? Forward is forward, and... You know, it's, it's just, it's little things like you say, like, you know, if you're normally doing the housework, you know, but like, put some music on in the background and do it to the beat. Like, seriously, I, I found doing the, the, the housework to very aggressive rock music. Not only, uh, you know, do I move more and faster so my heart rate elevates, you know, but I actually get the cleaning done damn sight quicker as well. <laughs> so it's win-win. It's like, yay, I'm not cleaning the kitchen for the same amount of time. Woohoo! <laughs> and you yeah. burn twice the amount of calories and i burn twice the amount of calories it's like yay <laughs> again coming back to the law of thermodynamics so you've already reduced your your portion sizes because you're eating more slowly and more mindfully mm-hmm. and you act and you're more active so your body is actually using more energy hmm 
This could be a recipe for weight loss. No, whoa. Um, yeah, but Mind blown. Just, just, just drink, drink water. Um, uh, drink three. water. Yeah, step three. Drink water. You know, how much are you drinking any? No. Then anything is an improvement. <laughs> you know, one glass a day. And then the thing that I, I don't know about you, but I got a lot of complaints about it. it's like, oh, but it makes me go to the toilet. Yeah, that's your kidneys going, thank fuck. You finally got the message. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now going to get rid of all this crap we've been holding on to, literally as well. <laughs> I'm going to just dump it because you have been so backed up. <laughs> you know, it's going. It's like, oh, look, guys, it'll take about a week. It'll eventually get through and you won't go as much. You just gotta get through that first week when you increase your hydration. Yeah, your body's gotta adapt. It's like anything yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, so you'll find that you increase your hydration because because one of the common questions is like, oh, but if I but if most of my weight is water weight, if I drink more water, will that make me bigger? Um, no, is the answer. Right, part of the reason that your body's holding on to water is because if you're not drinking enough in the first place, your body's going to try and sap it from anything it can and hold on to it for dear life. It's, it's that, guys, it's not just water. That is anything in nature, right? If the one thing that your body is craving and needs, if you are not giving it, it will try and hold on to it as much as possible, okay? Because getting rid of it means it's actually losing more of the thing that it needs, yeah? That, that is a fundamental principle for conservation of human life. Yeah, that's the way that the survival mechanism in your brain works. That's water. That can be certain elements of nutrition. But yeah, like Kyle said, it's holding on to it because you're not giving it enough. Thanks, so, your brain's your brain's going. You're not giving me enough water. I'm gonna die. <laughs> yep. And then you're working against your brain, and you're always gonna lose. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> so yeah. You know the amount of people's back pain that can actually be cured by drinking more water? Seriously. What doesn't surprise me? Doesn't what, surprise the, me. What, what are the discs in your spine filled with, Kyle? That wouldn't be water, would it? Yeah, fluid. You know, <laughs> if they get de- dehydrated, they compress more. They compress more, they push out, they push on nerve roots. You get pain. <laughs> Muscles become overtaxed because they're trying to do the job twice as much work. You know? It's, there's just so much that can be cured by just drinking more water. Just a simple thing like having a bit more energy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just by being hydrated. Because it's something like 1% dehydration can have a massive effect on energy and performance or whatever it was. But yeah, just think by, by hydrating, aside from the fact that your body's getting a chance to flush out all this crap that's getting packed up, your body needs water to survive your blood is made up of water like dave said lots of tissues and joints are, or within joints are made up from water it relieves a lot of problems um like blood pressure and stuff as well your blood pressure is yep. going to go up if you're dehydrated your heart rate's going to go up if you're dehydrated um you're going to feel like muck yeah and I've been, I've, I've been in positions before where i've been dizzy and not felt great and it was because i was dehydrated um, and you, but then as a result, my blood my blood pressure actually dropped through the floor. But then again, that's part of the survival mechanism, isn't it? So, yeah. so yeah, hydration. So that's step three. So step one, eat more slowly and make, eat more good stuff. Step two was 
move more. Step three, yeah. get more water. Yeah. Step five. Uh, four, five. Four, yeah. four, Kyle. Do you want me to get the three-year-old down to help you count? One, <laughs> three, yeah. five. Just to let you know, Eddie can count to 20. And beyond, actually. Like, he's doing all right. So, come, come yeah. <laughs> no one likes to show off. <laughs> anyway, step, so step four. Step four. <laughs> four, 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 four. Step four. Sleep. Yeah. Where possible. Where uh, possible. I'll put, I'll, put, I'll put a caveat on that one. Yeah, 100%. You know, um, I think with sleep, it's control the things that you can control. You know? Yeah. Make the, the, the... Sorry, go on. I was, that was exactly what I was about to say. It might not necessarily be about how much time you, you can find to sleep. It could just be a case of improving your sleep environment and improving the quality of your sleep would be a good place to start. But there's actually been research that's proven this, though. You know, like as we spoke about way back in the first floor, I'm, I'm a research dork. You know, I, I love reading science. All right. Um, there's actually been research that's proven that six hours of quality unbroken sleep is actually better than eight to nine of interrupted. Because you actually because you're uninterrupted, you actually get a full decent repair cycle, both physiologically and psychologically. Well, that's it, yeah. isn't it? Because when your sleep's interrupted, you break that repair cycle, don't you? That's it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That very limited window. What is it? Is it? Uh, was it between ten? Is it, is it ten p.m. and one p.m. or something? Is physical yeah. repair, isn't it? So yeah. if you, if, that, that's not a lot of time to play with. So if you're yeah. if you're being interrupted, then that's going to make that time even less. Yeah. Uh, your body runs on a clock. It's got an internal clock. So it yeah. will. There's not a huge amount you can do about that. You just have to work with it best you can. So yeah, improving the quality of your sleep. So. Little things like making sure that the room's dark. There's no light, unnecessary light coming in because light will wake you up. It's your body's designed to wake up when there's light because naturally there wouldn't be light at night apart from the moon. Um, Temperature, make sure it's not too warm. Your body temperature needs to lower when you're going to sleep. Um, What else? Noise. If you're one of... if you're like me, the slightest noise can wake me up, so I have to have like some sort of white noise going. Um, <laughs> I'm one of those weirdos. Well, to be fair, that's not a bad shout. I might because the, my wife's quite a light sleeper like you as well. So, yeah. Um, w- but we've we've established a routine that does help her get off now, which is good. Um, but yeah, that's no, what I'm she like, said. Oh my good lord! <laughs> oh god, I walked into that. To be fair, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry, Jamie, I'm not painting you in the best light on this call. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'd like to go on record and actually say, my wife is lovely. Um, <laughs> takes a woman with the patience of a saint to be married to this mouth. So, <laughs> And it's been 10 years married and 12 actually together. So, you know, she's awesome. Uh, <laughs> oh, and insane. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so like you say, slightly cooler room. Some Come up with, if you're a light sleeper, white noise, come up with a routine that you can almost follow that helps you, you know, counteract the fact that you're a light sleeper, unless you're one of those people like me that can sleep on nails anywhere at any time. Uh. Well, the other things like that as well is um, caffeine and food. 
Um, try oh, not to yeah. eat too late because that will stimulate the stress response in your nervous system and make it harder for you to go to sleep. So if you're eating, especially heavy meals sort of after 8 p.m., just bearing that in mind. Again, this, there's caveats on all this because you're could be on shift work, so you might not have a choice. But just yeah. just, just just be mindful of like two hours before you go to sleep. Try not to eat anything heavy and try and avoid caffeine for a good six hours before you go to sleep because caffeine's got a half-life of about six hours so it takes a long time for it to actually clear from your system so that's something to bear in mind as well as having a nice sleep environment yeah that's that's the, excuse me i'm just going to sheepishly push the cup of coffee away that i was just thinking because oh! i'm a human being i like coffee i'm sorry i'm an addict <laughs> Nothing wrong with liking coffee. So everybody's different at the end of the day, mate. You know this. Some people, oh, no, can, some people can handle their caffeine late at night. Other people can't. So yeah, it doesn't affect me in the slightest. Like, at least, I've, and I've recorded that as well. I, I record my sleep, and I, and I've looked through and not drunk it as late and gone. Oh look, it's no different. Woohoo! Yay! Free rain. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are other people that are not quite as fortunate, and they do struggle with their sleep. So it's looking at things that could possibly make it better the only way it's like anything is to test it try it out find what works for you yeah yeah 100 percent. you know and it's it's like you say you know the more you test the better the more you'll learn and the more you'll know and be like well actually no actually i can't have coffee past three o'clock in the afternoon because i was on wired stop you know actually i'm all right you know i'm not up till two in the morning all wired and jittery cool fantastic that's fine because it, you know, the the thing, it's one of the the paradoxes about research that I do love is we learn stuff, but we're all individual, and our own responses are just that, our own responses. So, like Carl said, test it. Find what fits. Yeah, take the research and knowledge and go. How can I? How does this work for me? Find that fit. Oh look, it does. It doesn't. Cool, great. Because everything works for every person at some time. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the sleep. Um, you know, like you said, control the things you can control within reason. Um, what would step five be, Kyle? Stress management. <laughs> Stress management. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do something to help release stress. That would be a that would be a good number five strategy. Um, now, obviously, everybody copes with stress differently. Some people handle it really well. Some people thrive on it. Other people don't. So, again, it comes with a caveat, find what fits. But generally speaking, for most of us, if we're stressed up to the eyeballs, then steps one to four kind of go out the window because we eat rushed. We we run for food when we're stressed because we want to comfort eat. We don't sleep properly because we're either high on food or caffeine or our mind's racing at a mile a minute. Um we don't exercise because we feel too tired we feel too lethargic and yeah so all steps one to four get affected if we're stressed out so taking measures to actually do something about the stress is usually a pretty good strategy because it's kind of an underlying principle that runs through everything because again we're thinking about the brain and the nervous system that's at the root of it all yeah um you know, like you said, find something that helps you get rid of that stress, whatever it is. I was about to add a very, very cheeky comment, but then realised, you know, it's going to paint me and the wife in an even worse 
pitch, so I'll just stifle that one. Um, but now you have to say it because we all want to know what it was. Of course, I have to say it. It's like, oh, Kyle, but unfortunately, my favourite form of stress relief also produces children, which then become my main stressor. So it's catch Not anymore, it won't. <laughs> no, not anymore, it won't. <laughs> and that's me put off from that form of stress relief forever, thanks to the looks I'm getting. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, find something that you enjoy. Oh God, it's not going to work. I'm just whatever I say. It's just gonna. Yeah, find something that helps you relieve stress. There we go. Done. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever that is. You know, swimming, laughing. You know, there's some meditation. Not a bad one. Um, oh, actually, I can make a thorough recommendation. I, I uh, an email came up saying like a meditation challenge. I was like, okay. You know, I was like, it's like ten uh, percent happier. Don't know if you've used it. Um, I haven't used that particular one. I've heard of it, but I haven't used yeah. it. Okay, so um, it basically, it's got like a basics meditation program through January, like a thirty-day meditation. Um, I've tried other apps like Headspace and Calm. I just, it sounds like you can tell I'm blatantly Type A when I say all the other meditation apps were so boring. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like not that I'm Type A and wired at all. <laughs> But they wish it. Um, <laughs> no, they, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the presenter. Just the style of it. You know, they were over two. And now we're going to prove it's like Christ. I'm watching Attenborough on a nature channel. But <laughs> a boring version of Attenborough. And observe your diaphragm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like smashing my head into the wall. Or they were way too up like woo-woo land. And it's like, we're opening up your root chakra, mate. You just said the word root. <laughs> <laughs> or, but this one, the bit that caught my attention, the guy that's done it, he is, he's actually travelled around a lot of the, the Eastern world doing various forms of meditation for different cultures, but he's also a doctor in neuroscience as well. So the whole brain science side of things, and it's like, okay, all right. So he's combined a bit of the Western neuroscience with the, the meditation side, and it's actually... It's literally just breathing to start with. The first thing is literally just focusing on your breath. And it's for five minutes. You know, like you said, simple, sustainable, satisfying. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can do five minutes of breathing. It's like, oh, you know, I haven't got time. Actually, I can. I can squeeze that in at various points throughout the day. Cool. I'll give it a try. Got my app, downloaded it, and yeah, it's actually not too bad. Sweet. Yeah. Thoroughly no, so it's fine. It's fine in what works. Isn't it? I remember doing... Um... I did a mindfulness course last year with um, a guy over here that's quite well known for it. Yeah. He, he, he does bits for the media and whatever. Um, and it was, what was it? Therapeutic use of mindfulness. I think the course was called. I don't know. It was interesting. It was good. But one of the things he was saying is that he was <laughs> speaking to people that had been on mindfulness courses. And the, the find that, that the teachers that were trying to teach people to meditate were actually causing more stress to the people because the thought of having to sit and meditate was stressful. So I can't do that. I haven't got time. But that's I it. I can't yeah. sit and be quiet for that long. And and that was actually creating more stress and it became, it, it became counterproductive. Yeah. So it's a case of finding something that works for you. And some people can sit and meditate for hours on end. Other people would just rather sit and watch paint dry. You know, yes. it's... <laughs> it's 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 very much a personal thing. I mean, I quite enjoy doing short 10-15 minute 
meditations. I'll put some music on and do body scans and stuff like that and use some of the mindfulness stuff. That that's, that works great for me, but I know it doesn't work for everybody. Um, but it doesn't sit... Meditation is not the only way to relieve stress. Sometimes doing light physical activities, like going for a walk, if you've got time going for a walk in a park or near a beach or whatever is... If you've got it, if you've got access to it, you know, somewhere nice or going hiking or something that's not too strenuous, you know, light, steady activity, you know, or just stretching or yoga. Some people like that sort of thing, you know, it can, so it could be physical activity. It could just be something as simple as just going out and having a chat with a mate. Yeah, I think, um. I was I was watching a YouTube video once of uh, you know the His Holiness the Dalai Lama once and he was he was uh, having a bit of banter about the Western thing about meditation, um, which is quite amusing to watch because he's he's actually really funny by the way he's got a great sense of humour and he was like oh you Western people you're all silly you think meditation is basically this thing where you've got to sit cross legged and chant he goes in the traditional forms they are he's like but he goes, if you look at what meditation really is, it's basically taking you out of your stress, you know, getting rid of the junk that's in your head, bringing you back to the present moment and allowing you to reclaim control of your mind. And he said, if you take that definition, you can apply it to whatever. And I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Cleaning the car on a Sunday afternoon, if that's what floats your boat. If that's what floats your boat, yeah, go out and clean the car. Do you know what? One of my favourite forms of stress relief, playing Lego with the kids. Love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. So there you go. Just find what works. So there you Indeed. go. That's our five, our five simple, sustainable and satisfying strategies are, one, eat more slowly and more or better quality food where possible. Two, move more. Three, drink more water. Four, get more sleep or improve the quality of your sleep. And five, do something about your stress. Yeah, that's it. Done. Thank you very much, guys. Mic drop. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Mojo Show. Join us again next week for more real talk about the world of health, fitness and self-help.